Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, why Mallow, of all places, has become home to one of Europe's fastest-growing water supply companies and bespoke catering that's good for your wedding and the planet. But first, they go hand in hand. You have your workout in the gym and then you reward yourself with a nice coffee afterwards. At least that seems to be the practice for many people. But it was only a matter of time before people put them together and formed a business, which happened a couple of years ago when Corkman Niall Horgan founded Gym and Coffee with Dearman McSweeney and Carl Swain. It has been on the go since 2017 and they're really building up to something big. Niall, you're very welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's lovely to talk to you again. You guys uh, have gone from strength to strength. You've made it even into my wardrobe. I'm an incredibly unfashionable individual, but yet <laughs> there you are. You've managed to make it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's uh, uh, it's great to hear we're in your wardrobe. Uh, let's make sure we continue we continue that trend. Um, but yeah, it is. It's been it's been a roller coaster a uh, couple of years since we've we've begun, but. Have absolutely been delighted with what's been done so far. If you told us where we'd be five years ago, I would have, uh, I would have ripped your arm off. So, so uh, yeah. So it's all, all good. I'll go. Now you would have started out as an online only market, but then you decided to do what other firms have been reversing away from furiously and moving into bricks and mortar. How is the bricks and mortar going? Yeah, re- really well, thanks. Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting you say that. I think we we started the business first as a as, a, as an online uh, e commerce platform, um, but the brand was really centered around uh, encouraging people to exercise and to socialize. So we we showed up in real life as much as we could. So you know, a lot of our uh, of our kind of community building over the years was focused around getting people out to uh, parks and putting on free workouts and encouraging people to socialize afterwards. So we were very aware that being an online brand, we had to kind of show up in real life and, and, and walk the walk essentially so we were excited then to take an opportunity to to take a, a pop physical kind of pop-up store for a few weeks in 2018 um and we saw it as a way to you know retail some product but also kind of have a have a, a hope where our community um could come and we were blown away by the results it was absolutely brilliant we were able to do all these kind of events in the store it was a great way for people to discover the brand and the business and the, the clothing and it was something then that we just we we really went uh, all in on then and you know since the 2018 and through a pandemic we've we've gone from one one sort of pop-up store to now we've got 12 uh, uh retail clubhouses across ireland and the uk so for us there's a real complement between the online and the, the offline part of the business firstly from you know a shopping point of view people like maybe trying something on in yeah, store that's, no, that, 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 that's me so but i, I hate buying that, things that. online i've spoken about it in the past if i can't put something on in the shop i'm not going to buy it so therefore you know you wouldn't have got me if it stayed online so you made sense what did you call them there they're not shops they're retail clubhouses is it Clubhouses, yeah, I, we, like we we call them them, and we've we've huge ambitions what they can become over time as well. But we like to see them that you know not only can people come and shop, but also as I say, we've yoga classes, we've uh, we've Pilates classes, we have run clubs from coming going from our stores. Um, you know, we've it's a bit different than maybe you know kind of traditional bricks and mortar, and you know we record podcasts in them, we have events, we're opening our sort of brand new flagship one in in Dundrum next next week, and we've exciting plans for for what that can become as well, and. 
and yeah essentially as well it's even this sort of atmosphere we hope to have in there where it becomes less about somebody coming up and asking you all right and those you know maybe intimidating shopping experiences that people have but more it's kind of a casual atmosphere that you get in a local cafe or a local gym you know where you kind of know the people there and you can talk to them about what's going on in your life and if you you know buy something along the way obviously that's great for uh, us. Yeah, well, so, well, that, that, um, that's the, the that, kind that, of approach that's the purpose yeah that's the purpose of the exercise them. at the end of the day but hey if, if, if they're coming in for a chat that's good too so you're opening in Dundrum you're also expanding into the UK now is that risky uh, going outside your home market but I'm guessing the demand is the same there for what you have here do you know what you're you're general like it's it's hugely risky <laughs> you know we we kind of I won't pretend that we're not terrified every day as we do it um because uh, it is it is a, a bigger maybe more competitive market in ways but for us we have huge ambitions for what we want the brand and business to be on a kind of a global sense so we're hugely proud about it being an Irish business and we want to represent Ireland internationally um and and uh for us the next step of that is is, is the UK it's obviously the closest market to us um but we're we're very aware we're at a different stage over there we thankfully you know been been kind of got good brand awareness here and huge support here in Ireland and we're at a different stage in the UK so for us it's that you know kind of going back to our roots essentially and building from the ground up and you know at the moment we're really investing in you know community events you know across the UK mm. uh, to make sure that you know we can build the brand authentically incredibly and in, in, in hopefully the same way that, that, that that's worked here in Ireland Yeah you got a bit of celebrity backing obviously Niall Horan put some money into you is he going to help with the UK push because uh, let's face it people know Niall Horan a little better than the known Niall Horgan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm always the disappointing Niall who shows up for meetings. Uh, <laughs> Imagine all those disappointed teenagers. Yes, it's terrible. Um, but, uh, but no, absolutely. Like uh, Niall, in fairness, has been uh, has backed the business, and he's a great kind of advisor to us in general. Be it about UK strategy, international strategy, or just you know brand positioning, the products he likes. You know, the guy has has done it all. And in, while we're we're uh, obviously in, in, in more of, let's say, a business sense. We, you know, we want to do what he did and become a sort of a, a, a global name in, in, in his field. So, um, no, he's a great guy and is really supportive on, on what we're doing. Tell us what's happening in Cork. You have a warehouse event. What, what's that going to be? Yes. So this is, I think, pretty cool and pretty exciting for us. So we're doing an exclusive warehouse event in a secret Cork City location. Uh, it'll be kicking off uh, next uh, next week in, next week on, on uh, Friday the 4th. And uh, it's an exclusive uh, warehouse in Cork City. We'll be bringing the Gym Plus Coffee experience there for the whole weekend. So there'll be uh, DJs, there'll be music, there'll be coffee, and obviously there'll be absolutely a huge amount of, uh, of, of clothes. And I think for us, we've always had such support uh, in Cork, and it's great to be, you know, essentially coming to our hometown. So when we were planning this uh, this pretty cool warehouse event, we said the first place we want to go with it is, is, yeah. is, is Cork. Now, you so, see, as a, uh, as a consumer, Niall, I, I'm here in Bargain. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting Bargain. Bargain, or am I just getting a DJ? Absolutely, you're getting a bargain. You, we will have uh, some of our new product, but we also will be having, um, you know, huge bargains on some of our core lines that have been around for a whole time. We're really wanting it to be this kind of, you know, festival feeling as you go in. Uh, it'll be in a really slick venue that nobody's seen before. Um, so yeah, please keep an eye on our Instagram and our 
and on our social media because we'll be kind of teasing out all the details on it. But so it's the weekend of Friday fourth, fifth, sixth in Cork. Um, so yeah, it'll be really exciting. So please. Uh, free up a bit of your calendar and come down if you can if you can find us. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll keep an eye on the Instagram to find out where it is. Nile, it's brilliant that the company is going from strength to strength. The self-appointed, disappointing Nile uh, from Jim and Coffee, but nonetheless, <laughs> he is the CEO. Nile Horgan, thanks for joining us. Lovely, thanks, Jonathan. Cheers. Now, my next guest is a returning hero of the podcast, a busy mother of three who launched her own catering business and is now a regular face on TV and radio and magazines and networking events, not to mention a very busy Instagram account where she's got 8,000 followers. So how Orla McAndrew found the time to launch another element to her business is beyond me. But she did that with the five-star zero-waste wedding package. Orla, lovely to talk to you again. How are you? I'm great, Jonathan. Thanks a million for having me back on. It's great to be here. I have to congratulate you because you were a winner at the recent Network Ireland Business Women of the Year Awards. You were recognised in the creative professional category. Not only are you a professional, you are a creative professional. I was absolutely thrilled to be representing Cork at national level, actually, and to be highly commended as a creative professional was just the cherry on the top. I was thrilled. Yeah, it always does help to get a little bit of acknowledgement. Now, we spoke before because you pivoted yeah. into this during lockdown, but where did the zero-waste wedding thing come from? So my zero-waste wedding offering has has been in the making for the last 18 months or so. And it came simply from my own experience of, of weddings and the types of events that I've been asked to put on and seeing how much waste can be... Uh, doing events and event catering so over the last 18 months or so I have my catering down to a really fine art where there's very very little waste created um, and it's one of the things I'm most proud of but I just wanted to take it one step further and rather than focusing on the waste that I'm creating I'm actually rescuing surplus food from ever going into waste in the first place and turning it into a five-star uh, wedding event. Now, when you're at a wedding, right, you just eat what's in front of you. Uh, and and you might grumble that, that someone got a, a bigger volivant than you did, but ultimately you don't really <laughs> think about the effort that chefs put into putting out a feast like this. Is there normally much waste when you're catering for a big group? There can be. Not, not with me, I have to say. That it really is something that I focused really heavily on all throughout um, throughout this new business that I've created. Um, but even from working with various venues, they all comment on how little waste that we, as my team, end up, you know, creating. So it's really important that we are not creating food waste when we when we cater events. So to that end, I don't tend to do any buffets because obviously they have to look really opulent and very pleasing. But the amount of food that people actually eat is very little in comparison to what can be put out. So I kind of had a hard, fast rule in the last year doing buffet offerings anymore. Okay, and that makes sense that you, you, you cater for the number of people that are there because you can count the number of plates and you know how much you have to produce. Exactly, exactly. How, how much of an issue is this for, for brides and grooms or brides and brides and grooms and grooms, if I could put it that way? How much does the wedding party care about that? Would they be more concerned that there's enough food on the table rather than not wasting any? Well, that's a really interesting question and it's something that I tied with before launching this as well because Obviously, I feel really passionately about reducing waste and and making use of surplus, but i i might be I might have a little bit of a warped idea of how important it is to other people. 
But I think I've been proved wrong already in that as soon as I launched, um, a couple who were getting married two weeks later switched over straight away. And four of my couples from next year have reached out and decided that they'd love to go down this route as well. So I do think it's becoming increasingly more important for people and people are becoming more aware of the state of uh, the state of our planet mm. and the fact that we can do better and that we should be doing better. Now, you see, the thing is, and, and this was a scourge at my own wedding um, a long time ago, I, I just wanted to keep the cost down as much as physically possible. Is, is it a good thing in that context as well? If you know you're catering for 120, you only buy for 120 and you, you don't have that waste. And, and as a result, then you, you have a few extra bob in the pocket for when you go on the honeymoon. Well, yes and no, <laughs> in that, it, not necessarily, it's not going to be, if the question is, is it going to be cheaper for the couple, then the answer is no. And I will I will tell you why. When I'm re- rescuing surplus food from the Irish suppliers who grow it, it's very important to me that their work and that their effort is rewarded. So I'm not getting anything for free. I'm paying the same price that I would pay, um, you know, if it weren't surplus. And I'm actually putting a lot more effort and time into thinking about how to make something that is a five-star standard for a wedding out of whatever remnants I'm being given. So there's actually a hell of a lot more work involved in creating something really special when you don't have the luxury of saying, right, I want your fillet steak, I want your, you know, your creme de la creme of cheeses. Or, you know, I'm not putting in an order. I'm literally relying on my suppliers to give me something that's in excess and that's surplus. So there's far more work involved in, okay. in creating something amazing. Well, that should look, as I said, the, the miserable sod that's me uh, automatically gets overruled <laughs> in the meeting. And that's fine. We can live with that. So it's really making sure that you're monitoring everything going in. And lots of couples really care that the people who are at the wedding have an experience. And this is part of that experiential thing, to, to know that the food they're eating has been carefully sourced, to know that there is no waste. A lot of people will care about that. Absolutely, they do, and thankfully they do because I think it's I think it's uh, it's absolutely the way forward. And one of the things I'm proudest about with this is by putting it out there and proving that it can be done. I really think it can move the conversation along, and I think it's going to put a bit of an onus on other people to maybe follow suit and do the same. What is the website or the Instagram if people want to look up your work, Orla? Uh, so I'm www.omcatering.ie and I'm really active on Instagram sharing recipes and tips and tricks and it's Orla McAndrew Food. Okay, Orla McAndrew Food if they want to go and find you. Orla, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thanks a million, Jonathan. All the best. EPS, which is based in Mallow but has bases right around the country, is spreading further afield and celebrating its 54th year in business this year. No better way to celebrate that anniversary than being named Deloitte Best Managed Family Business of the Year. Patrick Buckley is the Managing Director of EPS. How are you, Patrick? I'm great. Thank you, Jonathan. Lovely to hear from you. Congratulations on that win. Family businesses um, are, are great crack normally. I'm not sure how how many generations you're in, but if you're 54 years in, uh, then the family has definitely managed to keep the show on the road. Yes, well, we're, 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 we're on the second generation of family and non-family management in the business. So there's... there's um, 54 years, yeah, it doesn't be long going. And there's a lot of a lot of great success for the business over those 54 years and a lot of challenges as well. Um, I see a lot of, of opportunity into the future as well for, for this current generation and, and hopefully many generations to come. 
you guys specialise in water infrastructure. So tell us a little bit about the area that you've become expert in. Yeah, so we, we, we focus as a business on water and wastewater treatment and pumping. And we've, we've, we've been doing that now predominantly in Ireland. And then as we grew and expanded the business, um, I suppose, really focusing around 2008 and nine outside of Ireland. Um, and we do it mainly for water companies or water utilities, industrial customers, commercial agricultural customers building services and, and then residential, you know, people's homes in rural areas. So we cover the full gambit of, of water and wastewater treatment from an individual home right through to factories and office blocks and towns and villages and some cities. And, and in, in the last five or six years, that has thankfully expanded for us as well in, in opportunities in, in Northern Europe, um, supporting many Irish companies actually in the, the development and construction of data centres Mm-hmm. right across Europe, predominantly in Germany and Scandinavia, Holland, and, and more recently now in Spain and, and Poland. Well, we know there are divots for electricity. Where does water come into a data centre? Well, water, yeah. So a lot of the data centres use use water to cool the data halls, you know, where you've got the, 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 storage, the, the storage systems. So cooling is needed or air, by air conditioning or by water. So many of the, of the, of the systems are obviously water-cooled, and that's where EPS and some of our partners and technologies would, would come into being. Uh, how big are you at this point? Because if you're expanding and that market is drawing in, because that's a very lucrative one, I'm presuming you're constantly looking for good people in, in a competitive market. We are. So, look, it's an ongoing challenge, and I suppose the, the question of how big are you is it's very relative to where you are as a business on your journey. You know, whether you're one or 100 or 500 million in turnover, it's only a number. Um, uh, where we're on our journey is we've we've grown, you know, over the last uh, 10 years in particular. Um, we've over 600 people now working across the group, uh, predominantly based here in Ireland, but also in Northern Ireland and Scotland and, and England. And, and we've a few people now working for us in, in Europe as well. Um, we, we try to be as, as diversified as we possibly can whilst focusing on water and wastewater. Um, we don't really water down what we do. We try to do what we do well, but do it for more customers in more sectors and more territories. Um, and generally, we follow a lot of our customers in Ireland or UK to support some of their projects in Northern Europe as well. Okay, so in other words, it, it's it's a constantly changing um, landscape for you guys. But has being has being a family firm held you back in that context? That you know, was there was there ever a lack of ambition that held you back from the big job? Because it sounds as if there ever was one, you've gotten over it. I don't think so. No, I think um, certainly for many of us growing up in the business um, and looking at the people who were involved in founding it and running it, who were again family and non-family. There was always huge, huge ambition to grow and develop and innovate and try and be leading and you know out there in the front. And sometimes that probably you know ended up in some lessons learned, no doubt. But we we would be conservative in one sense, but also uh, you know we do we do push the boundaries a lot and we try to be out there at the front end. So we're not really afraid to be ambitious as a business, but it's more ambition with a with a proper strategy and plan. Um, in terms of some of the big decisions we need to make, we, we, we obviously consider them extensively, but we're not afraid to make them. And we've done that, you know, in, 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 in numerous examples. You know, a big one for us would have been in the last recession, we committed to an investment of over four and a half million euros in the development of a new centre for design and manufacturing facility in Ireland, in Mallow, at our site in Cork. Um, and that has been proven to be a great decision by by us at the time in terms of the types of customers, projects, contracts, 
and efficiencies we've gained in the delivery of infrastructure for our customers with this off-site, you know, digital transformation that people need to do, need to do. Mm. So we're not afraid to make the decisions when they need to be made. Uh, but having said that, you from your social media, I know that you put a lot of emphasis on, on keeping people happy and, and there's a lot of activities, uh, a lot of um, charity work that staff get involved in, team building exercises. How do you keep everybody on side when it is obviously a fast-paced environment? You never can. You know, you'll never keep everyone on side. But I think the culture that we're trying to develop in the business is whilst we're a family business um, and we, we have a lot of families working within our business, we have a wider supply chain. You know, I speak a lot about this big tent approach. And what I mean by that is everyone that's involved in EPS, whether you work directly for the company or our subsidiaries or you're a supplier or a customer or a subcontractor, Everyone is in this together in terms of the journey we're on. We won't make that journey without everyone on board and aligned. We have a purpose, you know, we're clear on our vision and our strategy. And I think the biggest important thing that people need to realize, and most people that are working with us or integrated with us, they do get it. Like whether we get there in five years or 10, it really doesn't matter. What matters to us is that we get there and we get there financially stable, financially independent and still a sustainable business and hopefully more sustainable than we were the five years previous, you know, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's often a question about family owned and managed businesses versus non-family and owned managed businesses. And I think one is not better than the other or any worse or better. It's just how you approach things, the strategy that you take. And yes, it's all about the pace of accelerating your growth, but you need to focus on, on your growth with a, with, a, with a discipline that you don't do it in a reckless way. Mm. I'll have a funny feeling it's not the last award you're going to win by the sounds of it because it is a business that's doing incredibly well out of North Cork. Patrick Buckley, Managing Director of EPS. Thanks very much for joining us on Red Business, Patrick. Thank you, Jonathan. That's it from this particular episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, Red Business in Focus, our video series, is up on the website, redfm.ie, where you can listen back to every episode of Red Business, believe it or not, from the past five years. Fiona Corcoran was the producer of this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.